Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event and weekly Bible study for 9-13-08. And we're going to continue with the article entitled, Mexico is Magical to its Warlocks and Witches. Nice little title there. And just to kind of <clears throat> backtrack just a little bit, talking about this priest, and uh, he's com- making all these comments on the uh, all the witchcraft that goes on in the area, as though he's better. And in his church, this priest... He has an icon of the Virgin Mary that sits in the alcove directly above and behind the altar. Before Mass, many go to the shrine and pass herbs over their body to cleanse themselves. Some leave pictures of loved ones and amulets and prayers. Well, when, it, when I read this, you know, the passing herbs over the body to cleanse themselves, only the blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse us from sin. But again, this is the man-made religious aspect of it. Revelation 1.5 says, And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, and the princes of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's how we get washed from sins. He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So, again, that's my remedy for when people say that you know, they cleanse themselves with herbs or whatever they're doing. Going further, it says, the syncretism, the syncretism that also emerged clearly when Galegos performed a cleansing ritual on a recent afternoon. Now, Galegos, I think, is the witch doctor. The client was a taxi driver, Santos Luna Cruz, who wanted protection from envious rivals. So, he goes to this witch doctor so he can get protection. How pitiful. What a pitiful way to live a life. You know, now, the Bible says, my, my remedy for, if, if you want um, you know, protection, see Psalm 64. Hear my voice, O God, in my prayer. You know, hide me from the secret counsel of the wicked, from the insurrection of the workers of iniquity, who wet their tongue like a sword and bend their bows to shoot their arrows, even bitter words that they may shoot in secret the perfect. So, again, that's, there's all kind of psalms that you can actually pray regarding... Um, divine protection, okay? And this is this is a biblical thing that you can do. And then, going further, further, stripped to the waist, Luna stood on a worn piece of velvet in the center of a chalk star of David. And again, I, I call it the Seal of Solomon. Candles burned at each point of the star. A horseshoe was to one side, St. Andrew's cross to the other. Two glasses of water were there, which were believed to absorb the evil spirits that were placed in front of them. I mean, I, this is just beyond pathetic. But this is how a lot of people, you know, to them, this is more real because they can, they can actually, it's, it, it's like the devil putting on a good show. You know? There's really no faith involved in a lot of these different things. It's just a matter of, you know, maybe lying signs and wonders. Galegos then sprinkled holy water, garlic, and ammonia over him, and then chanting the common Catholic prayer to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, invoking a long list of saints. Now, isn't this unbelievable? we got this guy who's an absolute total warlock, and he's using holy water and crucifixes and various kinds of crosses and the six-pointed star and these types of... And this is the very reason that, you know, if you have a witch or a warlock using these stars to do witchcraft, doesn't that kind of... Don't you think you might want to take a look at that if you're using these symbols yourself? He's, and then he's invoking this long list of saints. Sounds like the priests of Baal, you know, when they, when they went before themselves and they were cutting themselves, trying to, trying to conjure up these spirits. Galegos then held eggs to the man's head and rubbed them over his body. Now, you know, that always works for me every time. You know, when I'm really going through a bad time, I get the eggs out, you know, I rub them on myself, and that just makes everything all right, you know. And I got the water, too, to absorb the evil spirits. 
of course, I'm being facetious, but anyway, then he scratches crosses with the serpent's tooth on Luna's face. Now, hold on, the, the cross that we, we, we should wear crosses and we should do this and that. Why, why do witches have no problem wearing crosses? Why is that? And I'm talking the ones that are associated with Christianity. It was the instrument of Jesus Christ's crucifixion and death. Why is it something we want to glorify and deify? I just don't understand that. He scratched crosses with the serpent's tooth. How appropriate. On Luna's face, arms, chest, and abdomen. He took a live chicken then and he passed it over his client. Now that always works for me. Now if you don't have a live chicken, go get yourself a box of, a, a bucket of KFC chicken and use that instead. Okay? And understand that it's not live, but it's the next best thing. Then it says he blew holy water from his mouth into a fine spray at the man and beat him with clusters of herbs. Now, you know, this is, you know, good, clean fun, evidently. I, I You know, it's kind of entertaining. This is absolutely false religion at its finest. I mean, what a five-star performance we have going on here. He's blowing holy water. He's, he's lighting up, you know, the six-pointed hexagram. He's crying out to the litany of saints. He's scratching crosses on the guy. He's got the chicken going. He's got the eggs. He's got the water. He's got it all. He's the total package, you know, this, this witch doctor. And then it says, when it was over, Luna 34 grinned and ran his hair through, ran his hand through his wet hair. Ugh. This guy had just sprayed holy water that he had in his mouth all over this guy. And he grinned when it was done. I guess he felt real religious and spiritual, evidently. And he ran his hand through his wet hair. And he felt, then he says, I felt very stressed out at first. But now I feel lighter. Better, he said. I feel like he has taken away from my body the bad vibrations. How sick. And again, the devil will meet you at your need. If this is what you need to have in order to get your fix or whatever you, whatever religious fix you need, the devil's more than happy to meet your need through a witch doctor like this. But I guarantee you, he just went on again the adopted demon program and he's going to be twice the child of hell he was before he walked in there. He might feel better for a day or two. I don't know. It's really irrelevant. Galagos then pointed to two eggs that had broken during the ritual by themselves. Okay? And, when the, and he says, when the egg breaks, this is the witch doctor talking, it is because it has absorbed the pain inside the young man, he said. So the eggs took his pain. Instead of Jesus Christ bearing our sin debt on the cross. No, 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 no. Now the eggs are bearing the pain. Now, personally, I thought that meant it was, a time, it was time to make a Western omelet. I didn't really know, though. I, who knows? I'm not a witch doctor. But, you know, that's what he said, that when the eggs break. Now, you can imagine how impressive this would be. You're in this witchcraft ceremony. This guy's going through all this rigmarole, blowing holy water, doing all this other stuff. And then you're at the done, and you look over, and you got two eggs cracked. Unbelievable. I mean, wow. That is just, I don't know what more impressive thing you could possibly do on the planet than to break two eggs without actually breaking them, you know, physically. You know, what I think about, I think about the sun that just came up this morning and the Lord Jesus Christ framing the stars in the sky and the earth turning and there being just the right amount of oxygen and gases on earth for us to breathe and the water that we drink and the air that we breathe and, and, and the life that's in my body and the fact that we can think. I think about all those things that Jesus Christ created the universe and I just think, you know, maybe that's just a tad more impressive than two eggs breaking. But maybe it's just me. I, I don't know. 
Call me crazy. I'm just trying to put this in... Let's, let's give some perspective here. Because so much of the time, people give all this glory to witchcraft, and they take for granted the sun coming up. You know? It's just unbelievable. Now, in this article, they talked a lot about luck. Good luck. The horseshoe, you know, the whole nine yards. Well, I went and did a little keyword search about... And I found this website... Um, and it was on this all these things, and they're good luck pieces. And these are all these different pieces you can buy. That And I think this is good to maybe touch on this, because some of you may have some of these things and not think that there's anything wrong with them. Good luck pieces. These Now, this is from an occultic site. They're selling this type of jewelry. These powerful little good luck charms and talismans will help you with all aspects of your life. Our metaphysical amulets are infused with the power of the Creator. So in other words, the man that's making these is blessing them while he's making them so they come with a nice... They come precursed. You don't have to get them cursed. They come precursed. Because he's already done that for you. And then it says, and now you can use their powers to help you through the difficult times in your life. Your satisfaction is guaranteed. We stand behind all our products and services 100%. If at any time you are not happy with anything you order from us, up to a full year from now, from the time you order, we'll be happy to refund your money, no questions asked. They have more integrity with their business dealings than a lot of other people do. Anyway, let's look at some of these. And I know you can't see these, but I'm just going to describe a few of them to you. The, the first one is the Voodoo Love Amulet. Um, and what it is, is it's two hearts, like kind of intertwined into one another. And it's the power to attract that special person. Now again, a lot of times people think, what's the... What's the harm in having a heart necklace? Well, you know what? I just don't even want to go there. I just want to try to flee all appearance of evil and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. It doesn't mean I think I'm perfect or anything like that. I'm just saying it's just something that you want to err on the side of safety about. You know, Again, you've got to be really careful with the jewelry because you never know. The next thing is called Cleopatra's Wheel. Available to the public now for the first time. You can now take possession of your very own Cleopatra wheel and experience for yourself its 24 points of happiness. So this is like this wheel, and it's got all these, like a little starburst in the center. And then the mystic star, the seven points of the mystic star may bestow upon you the seven treasures of the kings. It's like this little star in this little rock thing. And a lot of times people think, well, it's seven points, seven's a good number, it's okay. No, it's not. The Godhead is not like under graven art, it says, or man's device. This is all man's device we're talking about here. And then there's the money tree. The money tree does exist, and it could bring you a financial windfall. <laughs> so yeah, you can wear your money tree around. And then the lucky number seven. And it's this little starburst with this seven inside. Well, seven, like I said, it's a lucky number. What, what could be bad about that? Well, this mystical number that could bring you luck, fortune, and happiness. And then we have the Lady Luck, one of my favorites, Lady Luck. Remember, Lady Luck was on my side. And it has this lady, this real seductive lady, sitting in a horseshoe that's face up. So she's like swinging in this horseshoe. Isn't that lovely? When you keep Lady Luck by your side, the whole world smiles at you. <laughs> so that's what it said about that one. And let's go to the next one. Aphrodite's heart necklace. Oh, Aphrodite, the, the, the fallen angel demon goddess? Yeah, it's the same one. Aphrodite's heart is designed to capture the heart of the one you love. All of this is witchcraft. Every bit of it. And then we have the Aztec Montas weight loss amulet. Now, Doug, I, you know, I thought, you know, I, 
I ordered all of us one of these. I, I just, what can I say? It's the weight loss amulet. It gives, given up on losing weight, possess the At Aztec Montez weight loss amulet, and prepare yourself for a life-changing experience. Now available in sterling silver. So, again, we can get that one. So, they, you've got a way to lose weight. And then, again, Satan will meet you at your knee. And then you have the magic square. Shouldn't, you shouldn't enter a lottery contest or any game of chance without first touching the magic square first. But you understand how many people actually do this type of stuff? They like, they like you know, they'll get these numbers and they'll think, that, well, I've got to go play those numbers in the lottery. Well, that is gambling. That's evil. Why do you want to do that? Where does that money... Well, I know in Florida it goes to the wicked public school system. Why do you want to sow into that system? Okay? It's evil. It's like throwing your money away. And then we have the morning star. Ooh, that's kind of a mockery of Jesus Christ. The bright and morning star. The morning star, once you possess the morning star, hidden forces will be at your side. Helping you, guiding you, working on your behalf. Yes, you're right. You will get hidden forces with this amulet. And with all these cursed things. And then, the feng shu, symbol of unlimited happiness... Possess the powerful amulet and experience all the joys and wonderment of unlimited happiness. Wow, I mean, this is, where do I sign up? Now, what is this? It's an infinity symbol. You ever see the infinity symbol? It's like this. Okay, Even that is occultic. And then there is the circle of prosperity. Circle of prosperity connects you with the right people. The best people. And acts like a magnet so they'll notice you. Okay? So, that's just basically a circle. And then there's the Yorobi luck ring. Possess the Yorobi luck ring and enjoy the luck. Prestige and prosperity could bring you in your life. Well, what does luck imply? Luck implies chance that has nothing to do with God. Just dumb luck, you know? But so much of the time when you, when you put your faith in these types of things and you have these types of things in your possession and something good does happen, like my lucky rabbit foot or my, my lucky luck ring or my lucky horseshoe, you attribute the supposed good thing that just happened to you to the little cursed amulet or cursed symbol that you're carrying around or that you have in your possession. Who gets the glory? Well, the, the little amulet. The devil gets the glory. And maybe something did happen to you. And maybe it was purely demonic. It probably was. So you just got to be careful of this stuff. And then we have the, riches, the witch's red coral. Not readily available to the public until now, this spectacular amulet is renowned for its ability to mesmerize a current or a future lover. And then, I mean, so much of this is this lover stuff. People are obsessed with getting what they want. They want some person they think is going to make them happy. And what they're really asking for is misery, because that person's not going to make them happy. You, you, can't, you can't seek a person to make you happy. You're putting your faith as though they're... My, my, the happiness of my life is dependent upon this other person. <clears throat> it should be dependent upon the Word of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, not another person. Okay? Now, I'm not saying biblically ordained marriage is bad. I'm just saying if that's, it depends where you're putting your faith at. And then there's the lover's lock, which is a little lock. If your partnership is precarious and it needs to be reinforced, the lover's lock could be of immense help to you. So in other words, it's like, it's like you know, you get your, your hooks in them. This is the lover's lock. And then the sacred moon circle. This ancient piece is made of solid sterling silver and could, as, could assure you of a lifetime of joy and bliss. What a lie from the pit of hell. All of this is lies that I'm telling you. 
But yes, that's what they operate. That's what the devil operates in. It's pure lies. And then there's the sign of the fisherman. The moment you place this beautiful silver bangle on your wrist, you will feel a genuine peacefulness within. And it has the little traditional Jesus fish thing. I'm telling you, I just don't go in for any of this stuff. I, I err on the side of safety. And then we have the witch's cat. Now you can open doors to the supernatural. It's a little cat figure. Cats many times are associated with witchcraft. Cats are used as what they call familiars. They can actually implant demons into cats and send the cats out. And they can actually, people that are high enough up in witchcraft can actually see what the cat's seeing. I know that sounds crazy, but they actually use them as what they call familiars to do this. I'm not saying all cats are like that. I'm saying it can be done. Okay? And why do you think you always see witches associated with black cats and broomsticks? You know what the broomstick is representative of? It's representative of astral projection, where they go out of body and they can go wherever they want to go, as, as God permits, and spy on people or even sometimes cause people harm. It's called astral projection. There's also a thing our government's devoted a lot of time to. It's called remote viewing, which is very similar to astral projection. And our government's devoted millions and millions of dollars to researching this. And then we have the gypsy earring, which is a heart with all this stuff. A lot of these are hearts, okay? I think it's about Satan wanting to capture someone's heart. Why would he want to capture your heart? Well, because Satan knows that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and who can know it? Okay? There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. That speaks of the heart. Okay? So these legendary earrings were first worn by gypsy kings and queens and are believed to enhance your magnetism as well as your worldly possessions. And then we have the Mayan Harmony Bracelet. Now I wanted to bring this up because we did the whole 2012 study last week. We want to give the Mayans a little bit of uh, press here. This was originated in the Yucatan Peninsula of southeastern Mexico. Uh, so, again, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more about the Mayans as we get closer to 2012. And then we have the Love Charm. This exquisite adornment around your neck, you will glow with the warmth of love. And it, it's, it's this little, like a dog tag that says love on it. Well, how could that be bad? When it's precursed, it's all bad. Okay? It says, you will glow with the warmth of love, casting out sparks to anyone who crosses your path. Oh, good. What does this all imply? It implies, how can I wind up in bed with them? Is what it really boils down to. If you want to really, let's get down to brass tacks. That's what we're, we're doing here. Then we have the Polynesian love beads. The interconnecting strands of the Polynesian love beads forge an unbreakable link between you and that special someone. I, I think I should have done voiceovers for Hallmark. I don't know. And then it... it um, and again, we got to beware of jewelry from other countries or beware of sculptures from these types of things, okay? Because you don't know what you're getting. You have no clue. Made by somebody, oh, this is such a beautiful sculpture, and, and this and that. You don't know what you might be bringing in the door. I've done, I've talked about that, I don't have time to get into that today, but it's something you really want to think about. And then we have the lightning bolt amulet, made of the pure sterling silver. This mystical amulet brings loyalty, love, and passion to those who possess it. And it's a lightning bolt. The Bible says, behold, I behold Satan as, as lightning fall from heaven. Jesus Christ said that. Lightning is typically associated with the occult. You have the SS of the Nazis, the two lightning bolts face down. Lightning bolts are many times associated with the occult. So is that whole Italian horn thing. I don't think they get it. They don't have Italian horn in the list of jewelry here. But that's evil as well. That's the whole monetary um, luck blessing thing. And then you have Doble's Cross, which is a picture of a Christian cross in an amulet. 
Although the origin of this beautiful piece is unknown, it is said that who carries Doble's cross will be blessed with a generous heart and riches beyond imagination. See, they've got no problem with crosses. So you, you really want to kind of look at this and say, well, I might want to rethink wearing this cross thing. And then you have King David's helping hand, which is a hexagram in a circle, which again is the most powerful symbol of witchcraft. If you're in a floundering relationship, or if you have an opponent who is out to do you harm, or if you're forever worrying about your finances, King David's helping hand may be able to help you. And then we have the Pharaoh's amulet. This is the faultless reproduction of an ancient Egyptian piece that is reputed to bestow gifts of pleasure, companionship, and sensuality upon its holder. And there's a lot of people that are call themselves Christians, and they say, well, you know, the pyramids are actually good. They're good. And I, I think they're... Of course, everything associated with them and around them is associated pretty much with Egyptian witchcraft and evil. I have kind of a hard time with that. I'm sorry. Call me crazy. But there's a lot of people that, you know... And again, it's the whole deifying or putting on the pedestal any symbol. It's just a very dangerous practice. And then we have Scorpio's earrings. One of our most unusual and popular offerings. These are just earrings and evidently associated with the sign of Scorpio. And then we have the Anchor of Hope. Since ancient times, the Anchor of Hope has been worn by mariners to cast a mystical spell on their lover or mate back home. Yeah, so it's a, basically an anchor on a rope. And then we have Juno's Charm, which is two diamonds that are kind of joined together. If you possess this amulet, you should possess if your ultimate goal is matrimony. So I guess if you're wanting to marry somebody, you want to wear Juno's Charm. Then you have Churchill's pendant. There's a lot of pendulum. These are a lot of these I've never even heard of. If the pendulum rotates clockwise, the answer is yes. If it rotates counterclockwise, the answer is no. Now, this is an interesting subject because I have been around New Agers and people that call themselves Christians that absolutely live their life by what the pendulum tells them to do. I have been, I remember I was up at this, this conference uh, one time up in um, North Carolina and there were these group of Christians up there, and they literally, everything that, every question that they had, if it could be answered yes or no, they would actually take the pendulum and, and either ask the pendulum or, or put the pendulum over what they were wanting to know if they should either read or take or do whatever. And they lived their life. And a lot of these people call themselves born-again Christians, and there's tons of them that do it. Now this one says, now New Agers do this as well. They're obsessed with this. There's, there's New Agers that are out there. They don't make a move unless the pendulum tells them exactly what to do. How does it work? Well, obviously there's a demon connected with it, and Satan is meeting you at your need. It is a line, sign, and wonder wherever you go. It's telling you what to do. This is Churchill's pendulum, and it says if the answer is yes, it'll rotate clockwise. No. Now, that's kind of impressive. I mean, if you just have that, and you know, all of a sudden you know you put it over whatever, or you ask it a question, it starts rotating one way. It's a demon that's rotating it. It's like playing with a Ouija board. You do not want to do this stuff. Evil. And then we have the miracle cross of Saint San Maya. Now this is a basically a Christian cross. One of the one of the most potent symbols in the world today. Combining the power of the cross with the blessed earth of San Maya. So see, you got the dual benefit there, evidently. And then you have the guardian angel pendant. Ah, yes. Now a lot of people say, oh, there's nothing wrong with guardian angels. Well, you know what? Yes, there is. It's a symbol, and the Godhead is not like under graven art or of man's devices. Remember, 
the guardian angel. What is it a picture of? Well, it's a picture of this angel with wings in this thing. I've done a whole study on angel with wings. It's not biblical. Sorry. Cherubs have wings. Seraphims have wings. But the angels that always appear in the Bible, the ones that are holy, appear as men. Typically very good looking men. They don't appear in the Bible with wings, I'm sorry. Now, there is a time that women angels appear with wings in the Bible, and, it, and the Bible is very clear. It says this is wickedness. You can reference my teaching on female angels. In regard to that, I'm not being chauvinistic. I'm being biblical, okay? So, all these angels, they have them. My mom's a great example. She just loves them. Oh, these are my guardian angels, this and that. They all have wings, and half of them are women. It's evil. Flee all appearance of evil. Your guardian angel has been waiting by your side all your life waiting to help you. But he may never be waiting in vain if you never learn how to contact him. See, we just got to learn how to channel our guardian angels. That's our whole problem. And then we have the miracle medallion of Glastonbury. This looks very Catholic. Inside this extraordinary keepsake is a miraculous soil of Glastonbury. Oh, so this actually comes with soil inside. Wow. A little bit of dirt will do you. And this is, the, it's like a cross. It's just kind of a bisecting cross and a medallion. And then we have the phoenix. The phoenix, this powerful amulet, is for anyone who wishes to stage a miraculous comeback in life. You know, like the phoenix rising from its own ashes. Phoenix is one of the main, main, main symbols used in the end times. It's one of the main symbols that occultists wear. Okay, it's, it's one of the main symbols of the Antichrist, the, the whole nine yards. Uh, so, like the phoenix, you can rise from the ashes. Okay, that's what it's saying. And then we have the miracle of Buddha. Bring Buddha into your home and behold the miracle in your life. So, it has this little Buddha guy. Okay, it's all evil. And then the lucky leprechaun. One of my favorites. He's got his little pot of gold there. And the luck of the Irish could be yours if you bring your lucky leprechaun into your home. Ah, the luck of the Irish to you. So, yes, we can have that too. So anyway, I just kind of wanted to go over those. A lot of times people don't understand what they're getting into. And I think it's important that we understand that um, we can be getting into things that could be doing us irreparable harm and being destroyed for lack of knowledge, like the Bible says in Hosea 4.6, not ever even aware that we're doing anything wrong. Okay? And again, once you learn this stuff, the Bible says to whom much is given, much is required. If you see somebody else that is caught in this particular type of thing, it's, it's really your duty to, to warn them. I mean, if you were in a burning house and you, know, you didn't know you were in a burning house, wouldn't you want come, somebody to come to you and warn you? That's what we're talking about today here. Now, the last article for this teaching, and I'm probably not going to get through it all today, is um, a teaching on witchcraft. Among children and teens in America, it's called Heresy in the Hood. And it's by a lady named Linda P. Harvey. And it's actually, I read this thing, and, and you know, she's pretty much right on in what she's saying here. I think it gives a good synopsis of witchcraft in America and how it's infiltrated into the churches. It starts out by saying, it's a different America today from the relative innocence of 1999 when I first wrote about witchcraft among American youth. So she started this article actually back in 1999. This is the update. Uh, that was the year Harry Potter burst upon the American scene. The year before Teen Witch, which is a Wicca for a new generation by Silver Ravenwolf, was published, offering on how-to instructions specifically to curious adolescents about their beliefs and practice of sorcery. The book has sold over 150,000 copies according to its author. Now, again, the whole point of this is to show you how witchcraft is taking over the world. Okay, and it's being done so in a subtle way. 
actually blatant way, but in a way subtle at the same time. Harry Potter was just an imaginative story. Advocates claimed a few kids were seriously drawn into witchcraft. Any alarms were just pure, hyster pure hysteria. Well, here we are, years later, in a review of the current TV shows, children's games, and latest titles from the mighty Scholastic Inc. books, which is one of the main book suppliers to the public school systems, or a visit to any Borders or Barnes & Noble bookstore, or Books a Million, or a review of the popular youth websites should more than confirm our initial warnings. Sorcery and witchcraft have become the hottest themes for the youth culture and the education for the first time in Western modern civilization. Satan or, or Hitler was the one that basically said, you know, give me one generation of youth or whatever, and I'll have the whole country before long. And it's true. You indoctrinate these kids into witchcraft, that generation's going to grow up. The old people that might not have been indoctrinated into it, they're going to grow old and they're going to... So, that's why we devote so much to this subject, lest you be ignorant of Satan's devices. Since the Heresy in the Hood, Teen and Witchcraft America was published in 1999, a number of self-professed witches and pagans who sent emails have grown steadily. By far, most of them strongly disagree with my views in the article, which took a conservative Christian view of witchcraft and outlined a growing and outline the growing pop media fascination with this subject. Just a few excerpts from these emails is revealing. Uh, this one says, this email she got says, Wouldn't this be better world if you and people like you would stop being so bigoted and open your hearts to those that are... Isn't that funny? That's what that lady called me that, that I, I, I called about her husband had long hair, that Rick Allen King guy, the long-haired hippie guy on TBN singing. Real effeminate, too. And she calls me a sanctimonious bigot when I quote Bible. And I didn't say anything else. I didn't say, like, you reprobate. I just, just said, I gave her one verse. And the venom and the claws will come out so quick, she don't care what the Bible says. That's the obvious connotation. That she could care less what the Word of God says. He's living his life to please me, because I'm his wife. I'm his God. But the Bible says, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, we know who his God is. And so this guy, this, this witch says, wouldn't this be a better world if you or people like you would stop being so bigoted and open your hearts to those that are different than you? I am a pagan and I don't believe in heaven or hell, God or the devil. What an intelligent statement that is. As high-level Satanist Michael Aquino was quoted, they play the devil's game, but they don't have the courage to use his name. Did I, did I quote that right, basically? They play the devil's game, but they don't have the courage to use his name. That's what a lot of these ones that, that say, oh, we don't believe in the devil. We don't believe in Satan. No, no, we're good witches. We don't, we don't, he doesn't even exist, neither does God. Why, because you say so? Like, I'm supposed to follow you, and obviously you're off in left field chasing fly balls? Obviously what you're saying totally contradicts the word of God? Who am I to believe? The witch of the word of God. Well, I'll take the word of God every time. So, just because you say, you know when he's going to believe? I guarantee you when he'll believe in the devil and in God. One second after he draws his last breath. It'll be all more, but it'll be too late then. It'll be too late then. So, it is important to pray for these people. I don't know if they've crossed the line, but you know what? If we pray for them, hopefully they're at least going to have a chance. A witness to them, or however the Lord opens the door. But so many of these people, they're playing the devil's game, but they don't have the courage to use his name. If you're going to be a devil and you're going to be a Satanist, do it upright. You know what I'm saying? 
I have more respect for the ones that, that are at least the witches and the warlocks that are blatant about what they're doing than I do these people that hide behind Satan and say they don't worship him. And we don't, oh, we don't believe in any of that. Who cares? You're still serving him. <laughs> You're either serving God or the devil. The Lord Jesus Christ, the devil. And then he goes on to say, first of all, we do not worship Satan. And we do not feed on Christian children. You tell people how to catch and kill Wiccans. But you probably have never even met a true... I tell people how to catch and kill them? I'm sure this lady never wrote that. But do you see how they love to put words in people's mouths? We... Yeah, I've, I've got a whole sermon... I've got a whole teaching on how to catch and kill Wiccans. Yeah, right. Give me a break. That's not biblical. Okay? But that's... He just loves to make these leaps of logic, you know, in order to, to uh, justify his point. She makes a note here. She says, there's nothing in the article about feeding on children or catching or killing Wiccans or anyone. Now, I'll make a proviso there. People that are involved in high-level occult do perform human sacrifice if they're at a high enough level. It's well known. Just do, do any kind of research, you're going to find this out. And the highest form of human sacrifice is a small child. Preferably a male infant is what they view as the highest form of human sacrifice, depending on what branch of occult you're in. Or what time of year you're in, or what or what sabbat you're 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 celebrating, what which high holiday you are. It's sickening. These are things that Christians should be praying about, even according to the occult calendar, because that's how they operate. God can intervene, but it's it's something that nobody even thinks about or prays about, and therefore really nothing's not a whole lot's being done about it. I can only do so much. I can present the information. You know, but it's up to the body of Christ to implement a lot of this stuff. And then this guy goes on to say, I am reminded of the saying from Deuteronomy. Oh, good, he's going he's gonna to start quoting Bible now. Judge not lest she be judged. <laughs> I think he got his book, his books off a little bit there, but um, his biblical books. Judge not lest she be judged. Also a verse from the New Testament. Sorry, I forgot the chapter and the verse number. Where Jesus of Nazareth speaks saying, Know that in my Father's house there are many mansions, and there's many paths to one truth. No, actually, he said the exact opposite, Mr. Pagan boy. You need to check your Bible a little bit closer. He said, broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be that go thereat. Narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it. He's saying the exact opposite of what the Bible says. And when the Bible says, judge not lest ye be judged, in the context of that verse, which occurs in the Gospels of the New Testament, not in Deuteronomy, it's hypocritical judgment. Judging a speck in your brother's eye when you you yourself have a beam in your own. That's the context of the verse. Jesus himself said, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Okay? Judge, or he said, Judge righteous judgment. And then the Bible goes on in the New Testament to say, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, so if we go further, most of the emails are that this lady receives are insulting in tone and question the very existence of an article like teen witchcraft. See, Bible, true Bible-believing Christianity will never, ever, ever be compatible with any of these other false religions. And again, I hate to say it, but that's why the persecution that the Bible predicted is going to happen is going to happen. Because true Bible-believing Christianity is unlike any other religious system on the planet. All the other religious systems can find a way to get along and play together nicely. They will find a way to do that. And it's called the one world religion of Antichrist. Yes, they're going to have to make compromises and, 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 and they're going to have to tear down their denominational barriers and things of this nature. But true Bible-believing Christianity will never, ever concede to that. 
goes on to say, borrowing from the gay rights playbook, these young people are somewhere learning that serious debate issue about the issue of witchcraft as a form of hate. In other words, if we say anything against these precious Wiccans, these witches who are bent on taking other people to hell with them, oh, this is a hate crime now. Okay, and I hate to say it, but it's coming to that. Just like speaking out against sodomy or, or, or the homosexual movement. A similar veil of indoctrination has also blinded most adults who would rather be gatekeeper, who would, who would be gatekeepers to screen sorcery out of the gardens where the young play. Without protectors, the profit-driven media is also responding to interest in witchcraft and creating a rapid feedback loop. So in other words, the media is feeding into this whole thing. And I think what, the, what she meant to say, uh, when it's, it's talk about the, the adults that have been blinded, they should be the gatekeepers to screen out the sorcery. But they're not. They're not. Parents don't, most parents don't care. You know, okay, maybe they'll draw the line at some really, really super bloody gory game or whatever. But there's so much occult out there in the form of cartoons, video games, books they're getting exposed to, particularly at public schools. You know, it's, it's tough. It is kind of a full-time job. I know it's a full-time job with my, my little girl, but I have her in a Christian school, and it makes it a lot easier. Okay, not to say that school's perfect, but I'm just saying it's way better than what's going on in the public school system. They are absolutely trying to indoctrinate the public school kids into the whole gay, lesbian, cross-gender, that that's okay to be that way type of thing, into witchcraft with Harry Potter. Scholastic Inc. is one of the main suppliers to the public school system. They are the main ones that promote Harry Potter. You could go on and on and on about evolution, the brainwashing of that. You know, it just never ends. With Hollywood turning out the occult-themed programs and movies at a frantic pace, the interest of youth has been kept high. A burst of movies and TV shows featuring witchcraft has been targeting young viewers, among them Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which has developed an almost cult-like following, no pun intended, and WB's Charmed, that's another show about witches, and the sappy Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Young fans are... And why don't they have any shows about, about you know, born-again, Bible-believing Christians taking the world for Christ? No, they're not going to have any of that. It's all about the UFOs and the teenage witches and this and that. And there are always these girls that are really pretty and, and they're out there doing witchcraft and using it to get what they want. And other girls look at that and they say, well, I want to be like that. And the guys are like, yeah, man, she's, she's hot. I want to, you know... That's what they're doing. Young fans are feeding their occult appetites further by snapping up these shows' companions' paperbacks. Followers Sabrina can purchase one of the 45 paperbacks now available in print. The Charm series buffs can choose from 14 different paperback series. Buffy fans can purchase just not just the novels featuring the show characters, but also the DVDs of three seasons of programs, scripts, and other novelties like calendars and school planners. Never mind that Buffy plots have been included in her attempted rape by her love interest Spike, or her death and then resurrection as she climbed back out of the grave. Oh, a mockery of Christ there? Yeah, you're going to get it all over when you watch these shows. Many parents, nonetheless, let their offspring immerse themselves in such irreverent nonsense, Buffy has a campy, tongue-in-cheek style that sneaks past all but the most discerning parental concerns. I I'm sorry, but I, I don't really agree with that. All but the most discerning? I don't think you have to have a ton of discernment 
to understand that Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, or Charmed is wicked and evil. Or like the show Medium. And now they got all these new superhero shows like Heroes. And what is the theme there? The theme is they're here to be our heroes to save humanity. Because, see, we can't get saved any other way. We have to find some way to do it ourselves. We got to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We got to use the power of Satan and man-based power in order to save. That's that's the that's the clear message. And, you know, it's a lie for the pit of hell. Cartoon characters and games are replete with sorcery, from the much publicized Pokémon to Yu-Gi-Oh, Yu-Gi-Oh, and other anime cartoons in a world where conjuring the demon battles and spellcasting are the order of every player's move and collector's wish. They're absolutely learning to be total high-level occultists from the video games and even from these stupid anime cart. I don't know why anybody would want to watch one of those st- dumb cartoons. They're so... I can't even stand to even have it on for a minute. It's, it's like, what is this drivel? Those, an- those anime cartoons, you ever seen those? They're like Chinese-themed and they're just real weird. And then you got the shows like Family Guy and and The Simpsons and these others, and they can get away with or South Park. They get away with so much blasphemy in their shows because they're cartoons. Because supposedly it's not a real person saying it. it's a cartoon. So see, we can wink at that. That's okay. But they're they're some of the most grievous blasphemous shows on earth. And then even um, even Scooby Doo has taken its once light-hearted approach to the scary and spooky to a serious level. In its feature-length movie release in 2002, the bad guy in the plot plans a voodoo ritual. But the movie also manages to cast out Wiccans in a positive light as the healers. Even Scooby-Doo has succumbed to this. One website mourns the loss of the innocence of Scooby-Doo. They go on to say, It's cheap and desperate. There's no place for demonic possession and busta rhymes in the Hanna-Barbera production. Well, you know what? It's just logical that ultimately it's going to end up this way, you know? I mean, let's face it. The people that are making these cartoons, they could care less. You know, their, their, their main mission goal is not to make sure your, your child goes to heaven. Okay? So, that's, that's the thing you have to bear in mind. And then we have the soap operas which are popular with teens, that have incorporated more and more occult storylines. On NBC's Passions, the recent plot elements include spells, potions, zombies, animated human-like dolls, and bringing the dead back to life, all pivoting around a witch character played by the actress Juliette Mills. Those soap operas are straight from the pit of hell. Youth interest that has been stoked steadily by the one-sided movies over the past decade, The Craft in 1996 featured teen sorcerers. And again, that's, that movie was called The Craft. Okay, They don't say witchcraft, they just call it The Craft. Okay, And we've talked about that earlier. Uh, the same year, The Crucible created an almost laughable Hollywood version of the 1692 Salem witch hunt where Winona Ryder smears blood on herself in the opening scene, depicting a voodoo ritual inspired by a Jamaican servant named... Tuba. Practical Magic, which is another movie, featured Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. They, they make sure that they get the prettiest Hollywood actresses to play these parts of the witches. That way it has the maximum seduction factor for not only men and women. Because the women are thinking, wow, you know, look at them. They got everything together. They're beautiful. They're pretty. I want to be like them. And then the men are attracted to the women. It's all by design. So that was called Practical Magic. Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. 
fulfilling every girl's fondish wish, obtaining Mr. Right by using spells and enchantment. Well, let me tell you what. If you think you've obtained Mr. Right through witchcraft, you are seriously deluded and seriously deceived. Now, maybe I'll get a, an email sometime down the line say, well, that's not true. I, I, I got my husband from spells and witchcraft, and we have a wonderful, blissful pagan marriage. Oh, whatever. So anyway, um, why would you want somebody that you had to use a spell to get? You know, why would... I don't understand that. I mean, it always always be the back of my mind. You know what? I got this. And it did through witchcraft. You know, they didn't even want to be with me. And now they're with me because they feel compelled through witchcraft. You know that relationship's always going to turn out in a horrific way. Okay? I mean, if the seed is corrupt, whatever it bears is going to be even corrupter. I don't think that's a word, but... Okay, so then we have the uh, an array of recent movies dealing with the occult themes, along with the two Harry Potter movies, are persuading most youngsters and many parents to see sorcery as simply the product of a creative mind or a tool for personal empowerment. Now, from what I've read, the accounts of what I've read about Harry Potter is that when they get these books, when the parents get a hold of them, they get just as obsessed as the children do. Why? Because when you buy one of those books, guess what? Just like if you buy one of those charms or amulets, you're getting the demon or the demonic infestation that goes along with that. So you're inviting devil, the devil into your house, and when you do that, you create doorways that get opened. Okay, so again, this is dangerous stuff you want to stay away from. The truth is, is that witchcraft is real. And so is the unchanging Christian prohibition against it. Any power other than God is forbidden. Starting with the first commandment and attempting, um, and attempting to do magic exposes one to contact with the demonic power. And, and in other words, with the first commandment, how no other gods before me. These types of things, um, whether or not one names it as such, okay, as far as demonic power goes, there is no difference between white or black witchcraft. Neither involve the biblical revealed creator or Christ as Savior. So both are elements of rebellion used for selfish, not Christ-centered purposes. Humans do have divine access to power, but it is through the power of prayer to God, the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone, and not other names or imagined spirits. And God will determine the final outcome rituals or others... Uh, she, I'm sorry, that, that kind of got messed up at the end there. Uh, sometimes when I read these articles, sometimes there's typos and things like that that I didn't pick up on through the first time. goes on to say, Ironically, God is in charge even if the fictional Harry Potter or his friend cast spells. Yet Potter fans will never hear about the real God, omnipotent power by reading the Christless Rowling books, who's also a high-level occultist, essentially, J.K. Rowling, or seeing the Potter movies. And I said this before, but you know who J.K. Rowling is? One of her two main... Uh, people that she ever revered. The first one was C.S. Lewis. That was where she got her inspiration. Most of her inspiration. C.S. Lewis. The Christian occult fantasy writer. I've done a whole study on him. You can look that up. It may be part of the tactics of Satan to intentionally reveal the blueprint for the enchantment of our youth for all the devised to see. Satan and his army of demonic spirits are genuine and referenced frequently in the Bible. His main goal is to separate humans forever from fellowship and the eternal life through God through uh, eternal life with God through Christ. So he uses whatever works. Deception, distraction, destruction. One aspect of the deceit is hiding in plain sight. For those watching the growing number of uh, the growing obsession of our culture with witchcraft, 
This in and of itself can become a potent testimony to the truth of the gospel, where Christ dealt with spiritual darkness as a daily reality, casting out demons more than 30 times in scripture. So see, this is something that Christ dealt with on a daily basis. And now it's way worse, but yet it's totally ignored by the church. And Jesus Christ dealt with this subject almost on a daily basis. But see, that would they lose way too much membership. They, uh, people could just not handle if the churches started you know, preaching on this type of stuff. Unfortunately, without enough courageous Christians diligently prote protecting children from witchcraft, the framework for bondage is in place. You know, it really falls on the parents you know, that are letting this happen. It's particularly ones that call themselves Christians. I I'm sorry, I wouldn't want to be in their shoes when it comes to this. You're, you're letting your child become seduced of the devil. And ultimately, if you just keep letting it go and letting it go and letting it go, you're going to lose them. And there's going to be a point of no return. Now, sadly, it seems we were heading into the final construction phase of their spiritual prison. No one has to hunt for witches anymore. They may be... They may own the house next door. Children are being lovingly primed to embrace paganism by movies, ta games, TV, the internet, countless sorcery and friendly books. There is certainly no parallel in the current pop culture to the Harry Potter books. Not only to the books themselves, but not only the books themselves, but a plethora of offshoots around. From the Sorcerer's Companion, a guide to magical world of Harry Potter, to Everything Kids, which is a witches and wizards book book by L.T. Samuels. The top-selling Potter books, in spite of denials by its author and other advocates, do inspire follow-up interest in sorcery and the occult among children. That's the exact reason why Satan tried to get him involved in this stuff in the, in the first place. They're going to want to go further. I mean, they're going to want to make Harry Potter's world real. You know? That's the whole point. It's fantasy, but hey, I can actually live this stuff, is how they're going to come to see it. Most of them, I'm sure. Consider this passage said to be written by a 13-year-old on the popular internet site, The Witch's Voice, or Witchbox. Now, that's a, that's a wicked site. I've been up on it before. I mean, it's a pure pagan, wicked site. And this is what this 13-year-old uh, boy said, posted this. He says, you're, you're 12 years old and have stumbled upon the book Teen Witch by Silver Ravenwolf at this very odd and interesting section called Magical Studies. Next to t the Teen Witch book, next to the Teen Witch book, is the book Wicca, A Guide for the Solitary Practitioner by Scott Cunningham. Now, when they have the solitary practitioner, which is uh, many times because a lot of times they have a hard time getting along with one another because, let's face it, it's evil, okay? They become what they call solitary practitioners, meaning they do their own thing, they practice their own witchcraft by themselves. Then you have covens of witches that are a, a groups of 13 witches that will actually get together and, and have... Um, uh, practice magic, but do it in a group setting, which actually is more powerful most of the time. Strength in numbers, that whole thing. And then next to the... Uh, so then you have Wicca, the guide for the solitary practitioner. You have never heard this term before, Wicca, but naturally you're a huge fan of the Charmed and the Harry Potter books, so you immediately open to the middle of this interesting book, Teen Witch. What's the first thing you see? Spells. Tons of them. And then you say to yourself, oh, cool, now I can be a real witch, you say, as you take this fascinating book to the checkout line. And again, you go to any of these, these stinking bookstores, Books A Million or Borders or Barnes & Noble, and I mean, they have a gigantic occult section in there, and I mean, they're devoted to this stuff. 
Yet most parents don't see any danger in this. Because many are buying the secular spin on the occult, and, and that it's aspect of one's imagination, and therefore dimension into the human nature. Another thing you, you hear a lot is, well, it doesn't matter as long as little Johnny's reading. It doesn't matter. Well, why don't you just give him a satanic Bible by Anton LaVey? It'd be a little more honest. You know? Why don't you just, no, we'd never do that. But you're doing the same thing when you give him Harry Potter books. It's no different. Well, yes, it is. It's, it's fantasy. It's make-believe. It's, no, it's not. It's just more subtle. More subtle. Don't kid yourself. You think in God's eyes it's any better? I believe in God's eyes it's worse. At least Satanic Bible's honest about it. It's the Satanic Bible. It says it right on the cover. Harry Potter doesn't say Satanic Bible. The Potter series also uses real names of sorcerers and mythological monsters, according to some experts. Medieval alchemist Nicholas Flamel is a figure in his first book, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. He actually did exist, born in 1330. Fluffy, the three-headed dog is like Cerebus, a Greek monster who guarded the entry to Hades, or hell, and like Cerebus, Fluffy is calmed by soft music, who says children immersed in the Harry Potter books aren't being tutored into neo-paganism. Now, personally, I think they should have named them Scraps, not Fluffy. I just like Scraps better. I don't know. But anyway, just kidding there. Anyway, so Harry is the perfect hero for a self-obsessed culture. A miserable home life and a low self-esteem can be overcome with the wave of a wand and the discovery that one has secret powers. Why not make every kid feel special, no matter what the method? So I'm going to go ahead and end there for today, and we'll pick up the study. I think we have one more part to do next week, and then we'll get into the next part on the sorcery and pharmacia. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this time that you've given us. We praise you, Lord God, for your goodness and your mercy. I do pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us for any and all sins that we have committed in any way, shape, or form, Lord God, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, Lord. I do pray, God, that you would save our enemies, Lord God, if it be possible. I pray you save the enemies of the body of Christ and the wicked that are out there, Lord God, that can be saved. I pray to God you do whatever it takes to get them saved. If you have to hang them over hell, Lord, it's more merciful that you do that in this life than they burn in hell for eternity. I pray, Lord God, whatever it takes for that, I pray these people be humbled and that the fear of God would be upon them like a thick cloud in the name of Jesus Christ and also upon the body of Christ that we would repent, Lord God, for the sins that we have committed or, or any sins that we're participating in currently. Praise you, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. I pray, God, you bring us back at the next, next appointed time and that your word would go forth with might and power, dominion and majesty and that through it, Lord, you would use it to save many people, and that thy name would be glorified. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.